What's up, everybody? TJ Schwartz here. It's the Edge and Flow podcast. What are we on? Episode 27, I think it is. And uh, I'm here with Lucas Burnley, and he's my co-host. And we're excited to talk. I'm always excited to talk to Lucas, so it's, (laughs) it's... at the beginning it's like i'm talking to you guys breaking the fourth wall but then i just pivot every episode and then pretty soon i just forget we're being recorded so (laughs) it's the best yeah but today we are we are united in frustration that's a good way to put it i think that both of us got on here and i was like what do you want to talk about Mm -hmm. well i want to know i want to know what's going on it's got that frown going. so it Yesterday, some I was doing things in the shop, and it occurred to me like I want to talk about this on a podcast because it happens to me every once in a while, and it maybe happens to other people. <clears throat> and that is, something goes wrong, you get frustrated, you make another poor decision, another thing goes wrong, and you get into whatever you want to call it, domino effect. You know, basically a pile up of I guess poor decisions, and then frustration, and then. Eventually, I get to the point where I have to step away, um, <clears throat> but it wasn't anything expensive or crazy yesterday, so I was basically running handles on my Tormach, which is all G10, so there it's it's a lot of ball end mill time, so there's not a lot of tool changes, and I get to thinking, I'm like, well, it's an hour cycle time, and there's really no tool changes. I could probably service my compressor while that's running, right? Mm. So I get the machine started. I'll go, I'm like, I'll go buy some oil. I'll let one cycle run while I'm gone. I start the machine, make sure everything's good. Watch the first operation, walk out the door, go get the oil, come back. The machine had, had stopped right when I walked out the door after that first stop, because I forgot to turn, turn off option stop, which is basically it tells the mill to stop after each like sub operation. Mm -hmm. And so it, it stopped seconds after I left and I was gone for like 45 minutes and it didn't run at all. And the vacuum was running the whole time. So there's just like this big vacuum just sitting there running for 45 minutes. So I'm like, okay, that was mildly frustrating, whatever, start it, get it running, go to start to service the compressor. I trying to get the oil, you know, to drain out of it and whatnot, open, you know, pull the oil plug. I've got the pan under it it's like barely drizzling out and it's just taking forever. So I'm like, well, I'll prop this pan up. So you can probably get an idea of where this is going. Mm-hmm. Prop this pan up. And I'm like, you had your new white sneakers on. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I make sure I'm like, all right, the pan's in good shape. Like I'm wobbling yeah. it. I'm like, I know this is a stupid idea, but I think it's going to hold. So I let it totally drain. And then <clears throat> I, I wanted to refill it a little bit and like do a little bit more of a flush, like maybe run 10, 12 ounces of clean oil through it. And so I'm leaving the drain unplugged and I'm trying to get a funnel in the top and the angle isn't really working and there's no funnel that really can get this angle. So I'm like using tape to make the funnel longer and smaller. And I'm like trying to pour a little bit of oil. And of course, all this is happening. (laughs) I bump the pan, literally drop half of it on the floor, like on my feet, on some, some belts. Like it goes underneath my drill press. It's like probably 12 to 14 ounces of oil. And I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm an idiot. I knew that was going to happen. And then finally get everything, you know, cleaned up, pull my drill press out. And <clears throat> long story short, it was like the frustration of one decision made me make a poor decision on the next thing. And then that frustration makes me make a subsequently poor decision. And at that point, I cleaned it up and I walked away for like 30 minutes. I'm, I just went and ate something. 
because sometimes that helps. Gotta walk away. And uh, it's like I said, it's nothing catastrophic, but that was an easy one to talk about. And I don't know if you have days like that. Are you kidding? <laughs> before I get before I get into my days, which I'm sure we all have days like this, I think the variations obviously are probably pretty vast. You touched on something that I think is pretty interesting, which is you knew there was a point that you hit where you knew that what you were doing was a bad idea Yep. and you didn't stop. Yep. Okay. I would say unscientifically, I would be willing to bet that like 80% of shop accidents, you know exactly when you made the mistake. Like, yeah. you know, you're like doing something squirrely on a drill press and you're like, oh, how's that bad? And you keep going. And that's when you get a helicopter yeah. or you're like pushing a little too hard on a grind. And you're like, you have this split second where you think about what you're doing mm -hmm. and then you push through it. And that's the mistake. Yeah. I actually think it's like a fantastic mindfulness exercise because if you can teach yourself to listen in that split second, I think you can avoid a lot of the just accidental issues that we kind of run into the thing that you drop, the thing that you knock off the edge of the bench, the grind that you mess up, like you getting cut, like you have, there's like an intuition that kicks in where you're like, mm -mm, this is like, a, I don't even know if it's fully, it's fully formed thought, mm -hmm. but you feel it. Yeah. You get spidey sense. Yeah. And I, I, I can tell you that's exactly the way it was when I put that yeah. pan, I, I stacked three, five gallon buckets high and they were, they were stable. <laughs> it, it was stable until I bumped it off of there when I was fudging around, but I, I put it on top of there and I'm like, this is going to end badly. I mean, like you said, there was the voice in my yeah. head that's like, this is stupid. You're like, eh. Yeah. But eh. it'll work. I always wonder, like, okay, so I think it's really common in the maker sphere. Like, this is, I think it's a common thought that you like, you're like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Like, I was going to smash my finger, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Does that process exist in other fields with higher stakes? And is it something that they train around? So if you are a MotoGP rider, is there a point where you're like, hey, listen, like that lean angle and like rotation or whatever is like, this doesn't feel right. Is there that split second? Like, do they train that in or yeah. like, are you a fighter pilot or something? Because it, it has to happen. Like it's, there's some kind of like human response that is like catching you in whatever you're doing, just like a little fail safe. Mm-hmm. We're just really, I think we're really good at ignoring it. Yeah. And like bowling. Through. Well, it's like the old safety phrase, see something, say something. Totally. And that's more of a group setting, but that's also for your own head. It's like you're, totally. there's this subconscious voice that sees it. And then the other half of your brain's like, shut up. Yeah. And then you keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, so this, uh, this week, my frustrations it actually ties into our last pod, which is like this, like what is work mm -hmm. kind of concept. Um, cascading time is, is a huge issue. So what'll happen is I will set out in the morning with a task or a group of tasks, either through my own kind of like neurodivergent brain or some outside factor, I will get distracted and like go down some type of rabbit hole or like I'll answer a phone call. I'll answer an email and it'll start a back and forth. 
And so my original timeline starts to extend. And then the timeline after that, that was dependent on the first timeline that extends. Mm -hmm. And it's like not uncommon to lose like, like one, I feel like probably realistically I could lose an entire day a week. Mm -hmm. Oh, easily. So this it's different, right? But it also, when we were chatting before we turned on, I had said like the, uh, the triangle of sadness, which if you guys haven't seen it as a movie, it's fantastic. Um, but it like, it's this weird, like for us as makers, I feel like the, like the way I was using triangle of sadness is just this, like, you're just banging around the corners, mm-hmm. you're circular, you're not making progress. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where you just fully have to like disconnect, reset. Right. Yeah. And kind of like come back when it's time. It's super hard to do yeah. because you already realize your, your timeline is what is the problem Yeah, to walk away means that you're taking more time. But I feel like yeah. nine times out of 10, it lets you refocus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe for me too, is like trying to stack things. For example, I was trying to do maintenance and I was like, I'm trying to do the right thing totally. to maintain something, but keep production flowing. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe every two weeks or every month I have one day where everything stops and I just do yep. maintenance. Yep. Just sweep, change the compressor oil, whatever, change some yep. valves. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing a lot more production. So your maintenance schedule is much higher again, tying in right. Mm -hmm. More product, more process, more time on the machines, more maintenance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could literally get to the point where you're producing enough that maintenance is a full-time or like 20 hour a week job. That's a crazy thought for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, a while back you and I got to tour silencer co Mm -hmm. in salt Lake. It was amazing from a manufacturing standpoint. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, was, I mean, they have, they have equipment, they have sizable, expensive equipment that all it is doing is making maintenance easier. Yeah. So like, um, I forget what they're called, but like, uh, like the, f- um, for coolant, like uh, cool, it's basically like a coolant filter yeah. filtration. So like the old coolant goes into filtration, you know, coolant recycling, like, basically coolant recycling. I mean, you just see like at a volume of manufacturing, everything scales to this point where you're like, you're looking for efficiencies around just the maintenance. Yeah. That's crazy. Little, little problems become big problems. Yeah. I'm like yeah. changing coolant on the CNC today. I went to blast stuff, realized I had a, a hole in my blast glove. So I changed my blast gloves. A lot of things I do on like a, like a rotating schedule. So like I'll, I'll um, clean my coolant or I will, um, I've got a Kaser compressor now, so I'm not doing any service on it right now, but mm-hmm. um not to rub it in. You, you are. You're uh, rubbing it in. <laughs> it's really quiet though. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, but I, I tend to agree with you in the, in the sense that I think if you can batch that work, you get better end result and it doesn't mess up your time. Cause like, at least for me, what I'll do is I'll go to change the gloves in my blast cabinet and I'll be like, ah, oh, man, I should really sweep. Yeah. And then the, I'll be like, I should pick stuff up and yeah. like take it off. Oh, my blast and, nozzle's going too. Yeah. Oh, blast nozzle's going. Oh, yeah. I got to change my, like my window yeah. cover, you know, whatever in the blast yeah. cabinet. And it's just like, if you're doing that midstream, like today I did it midstream because I had to, like I literally there was, you know, media shooting out of my glove. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's interesting because you're what you ran into, you ran into an error, like a physical error, and I'm running into error, a management error, mm-hmm. time management error. The two things are related, but not the same. Right. Yeah. yeah for sure. Like breaking something, dropping something, you know, dropping a tray of parts. That's not, that doesn't have anything to do with time, really. Yeah. I think it does, though, in some ways. Okay. Because, I mean, I think I knew it was stupid to try to service a compressor while a CNC machine is running that it requires air. And right. to, it, for people out there that are wondering how that works, like a CNC only needs air for the tool change, or at least mine does. And I had like a good 45 minutes where it wasn't going to need air. <laughs> and that was why this turned into like a, a you know, deck of cards or, a, you know, a house yeah. of cards is like the machine ended up sitting and waiting for me and all this. And I'm like, that was dumb. The time management kind of made me make poor decisions, if that makes sense. Right. Well, trying to be more efficient. Yeah. But the efficiency wasn't actually effectiveness. Yeah. What you needed to be doing was making parts and continuing to move those parts through the process, mm-hmm. trying to shoehorn in one maintenance task. Like there's not really like a big gain to it. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. when you're using, it's like a support machine for the machine. Yeah. Running. Yeah. Our brains do weird things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What the heck? Juggling is never good for me. And th- I mean, this is a callback to that episode where I said, I've got like two ports Yep. and maybe that was only two things, but they were two, two complex things to th- be focusing on. And again, I mean, I, it maybe sounds like I'm making, making a mountain out of a molehill, but I'm, what I'm getting to is like the way my mentality about being in the shop, like collapsed in that moment when I spilled that oil, it was, it was just, I felt like I wanted to punch a hole in the drywall kind of situation. And I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. And there's that like self blame of like, I knew that was going to happen. And that was why I thought about bringing it up to you is like those moments, like those learning moments where you didn't listen to yourself kind of thing. You don't listen to yourself. There's another, I think area that you could kind of look at, which is like, it's like, like, like one of our kids having a tantrum, Mm -hmm. right? Um, there's different inputs into why that happens. So the idea, like in our shop, I've always tried to make the point clear that like, we're never in a rush. So like when we had employees, like the goal, I was like, we're never in a rush. Like you literally cannot rush Mm -hmm. any job. It doesn't matter if we're behind rushing is not the solution to fixing it. Right. Right. It's easy to say it's when it's you though, it's like hard to do. Yeah. Right. Cause you're like, I can do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This always came into play for me around like knife shows because I would look and I'd be like, I have enough time. I'm going to do a little bit more. And it like very rarely ever worked out. It was never actually worth it from the standpoint of like mental health or even financial, like what is an extra thousand dollars or wh- however much you're going to make if you're running up to the the red line? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and possibly ruining a thousand dollar knife in the meantime. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. One more knife doesn't matter. It's like you're increasing, you're increasing your margin of error exponentially as you get more tired. Mm. So like we, I think we've talked about that. Like when for a long time, like when I was just doing custom knives all day, every day, and I was doing like six shows a year when I was like in full go mode, 
I would taper my days where I would start off with the hardest tasks. And like by the end of the day, you know, 12 hours in, I'm either like bandsawing blanks or sweeping. Mm -hmm. Like you're just, you're just, you're just reducing your like cognitive load Mm -hmm. throughout the day. So the question around you doing this is right now, like overall, do you feel, do you feel rushed? Or do you feel like pinched for time or behind or anything like that? Um, that's a good question. Yes and no. No, in that there's not really any external things that are really putting a lot of pressure on me right now that much. But in a way, though, I I am a, I do have a tendency to put a lot of pressure on myself for like on onward and upward. You know, more yeah. more, more efficiency, like trying to uh, over optimize. Like that's that's probably a personality benefit, but often flaw with my, the way I am. A lot of them are. And, and that's, that's just something that I come into quite a bit is like what you over optimized until you realize you just, oh, you, you compressed everything so tight that when one thing goes wrong, you're frustrated. And so that was the question yeah. is that one thing, because in reality you spilled a little bit of oil, right? but you said that it started to like cascade and like kind of throw you off your game for Mm -hmm. the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, like when that happens to me, I realize I'm usually like overloaded. Mm -hmm. Something is going on where I'm just like, man, my head's not in it. Like whatever it is, that's like, didn't get a good night's sleep or I'm stressed out about something external. Um, And you know, to be fair, being like independent shop owner, internal, external is a very strange line because it is there even really internal or external, or is it just like one, yeah. <laughs> like one consciousness? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like you like, you know, shut off the lights at the factory and go home like and, and forget about it till the next day. Like yeah. it's, they all bleed together. Yeah. Um, and, and what I think what I did is I had, I have like a stack of handles. That's a one hour set, one hour op. And I'm like, okay, for the next two days, if I do eight stacks a day, so I'll warm the spindle up in the morning, run eight hours, shut them off. And so I had like two rows of eight stacks and I'm like, this is the next two days. And then I'm like, I can still stay up. And then I put it like on my whiteboard with my calendar. Like this is the production schedule. These next two days, this is what I'm doing. And to be honest, like there's not this super critical deadline. But I just, I had already put it on the whiteboard. So then I'm like, well, if I'm going to not erase things on my whiteboard, then I have to change this oil while it's, uh, while it's running. And I'm like, boom, there it is. Bad decisions. So you focused on an arbitrary deadline, which is fine. Like we need deadlines, but you, you got to a point where you used flawed logic to achieve an arbitrary deadline. Like right. this gets, it gets muddy, yeah, man. Like yeah. we, we make things very difficult on ourselves. And I think what, one thing I hate that I just, I don't know if I'll ever be able to shake is I think they call it time, like timeline inflation. It's like if a deadline is further down the road, it'll take you oh, all yeah. the way up to the deadline. And so it's like, I, I, I like it, but I don't like it at the same time where I'll set intermediate deadlines that are artificial yeah, because I'm like I want to hit deadlines so that I'm not just thinking I got three months, I got plenty of time, and then yep. 
it takes the whole three months. You I think know? an easier way to say that is a job will occupy the time you give it. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's obviously some, you know, criteria there that could change that. Like you just because you give a job a day doesn't mean you can do it in that time. Mm-hmm. But almost without fail, like if you give it more time, you will utilize all that time. And they've done like studies around this with like with like um, exams. Mm-hmm. Right. So like some students will have a hard date exam. Some students can pick their own deadline and then some students, it would be due at the end of term Mm -hmm. and like without fail cascading, the ones who just had a hard deadline, got it done. The ones who set their own deadline struggled and the ones who like pushed it to the end, like basically it was like 50% finished. And like, obviously I'm paraphrasing here and like, you know, guessing at numbers, but that was the gist of the yeah. article. Yeah. People people pay attention to the obstacle that's the closest to them. Yeah. And when you have a lot of obstacles in life and things to think about, like anything that, oh, that's two months away, you're going to think about it in two months. And you're probably not going to think about it today. It's true. So I try to well, battle like, that. I mean, and yeah, we all do, right? Like but it, that's investing. Yeah. Like, but there's times like this where it's like, I just need to be diligent about, like I said, maintenance days that should be scheduled. It shouldn't be in the margins. You know what I mean? Totally. That was the real, real dilemma there. Well, and that is when it comes to scheduling, it's like being a survivalist and only buying ammo and like not having a way to purify water. Mm -hmm. Like what we do for work, right? The work, obviously the output is the important thing, but the maintenance allows output. Mm-hmm. And without maintenance, you just have, you know, disposable machinery yeah, yeah. and body and every, everything else. Yeah. So, but it's not the sexy thing to focus on. It's not sexy to be like, all right, I work better when my shop is super clean. Yeah. So I know that every Monday morning I'm going to come in and I'm going to do like an hour sweep mm-hmm. and organization of my shop. Um, we talked about that a little bit, which I think it was from an, whose podcast was it from that where they really like dug into the idea of like why you don't clean at the end of the day. Uh, so that's Jay Pearson. That's his philosophy. Yeah. But they were talking about it on the business and machining podcast, which is John Saunders and John Grimswell. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me makes so much sense. That's what I've always done because you look at it and you're like, end of day, you're tired. Your work is done. You're not like, you're not feeling motivated to like, make your space efficient. Mm-hmm. As soon as you come in the next morning, it allows you not only to clean effectively and like organize, but it allows you to set your like intention for your work day. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's like there, if there's things usually for me, like if there's things that are outside of like that little window of cleaning every morning, I'll just write them down. Those became become maintenance items. And I'm actually, it's funny. So today my, the frustration around today has actually been that I'm getting ready to finish like a bunch of product for a drop. So I've basically just been doing production on Cypops, polys, like all the little EDC stuff. And I'm ready to be done, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of small piecework. And in that, I'm seeing all of the issues with the shop right now. I'm like, shop's disorganized. I need to build a new workbench for my, you know, heat treating furnace, like all these little things. And in the back of my head, like I can't let go. Mm-hmm. So to me, that means that I need basically like, I need like a two day maintenance kind of deep dive. Yeah. 
don't think about work don't, or don't think about working in the business. Like only think about working on the business. Yeah. John, John Saunders, I believe he calls that days off in the shop. So it's like, it's a day off from work, but you're in work, but yeah. you're yeah working on the shop. Yeah. yeah I like that. Uh, I used to call them Saturdays. Yeah. So I'm trying really hard not to do that anymore, but that was for years and years and years. That was always my go-to. Like yeah. Saturday was Saturday was maintenance. The day. margins. Yeah. Dude. How, and that's great. I mean, that's crazy. Like you look at, there's a lot of pros to being self-employed, but there's also a lot of things that we do to trick ourselves into not to say, not to like, say like, like a, not, not around like success, but like how, like efficiency. I realized for myself, if I'm having to come in on a Saturday to do the maintenance that I need to do. And that's my Saturday. I'm like there is a flaw with the way that I'm running my business mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like real, like we all like this stuff. I don't want to do it seven days a week yeah. or six days a week. Yeah. yeah. Sustainability is always the big question with that. Longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what do you, yesterday, wait, was it yesterday or today? Yesterday that happened. Yesterday. So in general, if you have, so say you hit like, you hit that like, you know, steam whistle point. Mm-hmm. What is the fix for you? Is there a fix? So for me, it's usually stop. Cause it's like, what was driving me kind of crazy is like the mach- when that oil spilled, I was close to getting it done in time for the machine to not have to stop. And then the machine stops while I'm cleaning up the oil. <clears throat> and that's like the trigger of like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I was yeah. trying not to let that thing stop. And now the compressor is completely empty because I'm doing all this. Right. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm checking out. I'm not yeah. starting the machine. It's going to stay there. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to go in the house, drink a cup of coffee, get oftentimes for me, it's like if I eat something, I don't know, just like a little spike in blood sugar oftentimes kind of gets me straightened out, I guess. Yep. Um, and that's, that's usually what it is, is just, just venue change. And it, yeah. And it's just like release the tethers, like the things that I'm trying to get done fast and quick. Just like forget about it for 30 minutes. Just walk away. I think it's, I think it's the like number one argument for just routine breaks in your work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That like 10 to 15 minutes of like, stop what you're doing. Look up, you know, stretch your neck, roll your arms and walk outside. And it's really easy with CNC's where, because it's, you can, you know, map out a chronologic week of what should be done at the end of the week. With handwork, it's not really that easy. But with the CNC, totally. you could literally write it on a whiteboard. Like by Friday, I'll have this many tangs, this many handles, this many sheaths off the mill. Yep. And it's like it. You have to, like you said, work in. Like okay, if I'm going to walk away for lunch, if my cycle time is nine minutes, I don't want to eat in nine minutes, right? I want to. Right. I just want to be thinking about that. That there is going to be some time where it's okay if the spindle isn't turning. You know what I mean? And that's very counter to like some philosophies of running a machine shop is like the spindle should always be turning, but you can't not a machine shop. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you don't have employees that need to be running a spindle. Yeah. Here's, here's a question for you. This, this will be a fun one to go back and forth a little bit on. I think, um, as you've been running for like this past year, do you have a sense of like what percentage of your capability or capacity you are running at like, or another way to ask this would be how much more put on your plate would just crash you. Um, that there's a little bit of nuance to that question because totally. 
the having like small kids is another kind of weight that's like on my mind (laughs) you know totally so it's like if we're just talking about the business i feel no no we're talking we're talking this is again this goes there's no separation yeah you can't separate that yeah no if it's everything just together like yeah not a lot more honestly but i look at like what i'm actually doing business wise it doesn't seem overwhelming like i'm not overwhelmed but if you add like like we talked about you know two small kids and the business yeah. Then it's like, yeah, it starts to feel like quite a bit. I mean, it's okay. not max. I'm not like totally freaking bleeding out of my eyes, but like, you know, 80% probably. Okay. So we're back, but we're back to that concept of maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that maintenance on the machines has to be done, but it's not the primary thing that you look at when you're looking at your output, mm-hmm. but it directly affects it. Family's the exact same way, right? Yeah. It's not directly related to your business, but- it has to be taken into account yeah. because just like anything else, there's time involved and, and like crazy variable time. Mm-hmm. Right. So 80%. So that is, I had thought for years, I think probably between the ages of like 20 and like third, early thirties, I think I was running at 80% of my capacity Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I've tried to start moving that back um, with a weird theory around it, okay? So my theory is if I could get to a point where I'm like using 50% of my max capacity, I see a lot of ability for longevity but also durability. Mm-hmm. Okay. The caveat to this is I know that I really like to work in high stress situations. The problem is like bringing family into it. It's not good for me on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So what I'm kind of realizing is like, honestly, like I would love to run like, and these are, these are kind of arbitrary numbers. Like I feel like I would like to run at 30 to 50% of my max all the time. And I would like to run at 80% of my max, like 10 to 20 per 10% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like these spikes where it's like you ramp up like the creativity and the productivity toward it's like sprinting. Mm. You do the thing and then you taper down the backside and you go back to a baseline. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's a good philosophy. I like that. I, I, I still, the future is something I'm still trying to work on for the, for the company and the business. You know what I mean? It's like so many open-ended questions as far as how to structure it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then we've touched on this before, but I'm actually really happy with how things are going and like my level of effort. But I'm also like, you're saying you're a few steps ahead of me or more than a few in lateral. Yeah. Well, it's a lot. I mean, depending on how you're looking at it, I guess. Right. But I mean, like, you could say chronologically, like in you've done totally. what I've done and then seen what it looks like on the other side in a you sense. You calling me old? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I, I just mean like I'm you started making knives when you were 19, right? I didn't start making knives until later. So it's yeah. like I can't you you had the experience before I did. You know what I mean? True. But you also went and this is why I say lateral, you went a direction out of the gate that I've actually never pursued. Right. Me at my most efficient is like a 10th of what you're doing. 
in terms of right. like numbers, like in terms of quantities. numbers. Yeah. 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 We, we just have a very different, right. I think, working yeah. Yeah. method. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's yeah. a, it's kind of an interesting problem to have. Right. Yeah. Which is just like the efficiency thing. Well, okay. Uh, I'm going to like go on a tangent for a second. Right. You and I were talking about consulting a little bit, mm-hmm. which both of us do to some extent because of our time in the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you at a point with your business where you could use a consultant for the, for the components that relate to scaling manufacturing? I think I could, but I think a lot of people looking at what I'm doing might be thinking that I'm like targeting Benchmade or something like that. And, but I'm, I want to say that where I'm at right now, scaling wise is actually pretty close to where I want to stop scaling. If, but it's a little hard to explain, but it's like, I only, I can see about two or three pieces of equipment that would round out what I have. And then maybe one employee and a little bit bigger shop. But like, I know everyone says this, but I really am trying not to overshoot that. You know what I mean? There's always more to be had. Like if I were in a bigger shop, I'd always want an even bigger one. But where I'm at right now, I'm actually pretty close to my goals as like an overall production capacity. I think the goal for maybe after this year is not necessarily to increase capacity, but like what you said, to lower the tax on me to get the same amount of work done, if that makes sense. Um, well, and especially where you're at right now, you're, you're really poised to be able to do that because you are setting up processes that are teachable, scalable, mm-hmm. and essentially you are able to delegate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, but, but right. TJ, <laughs> if that is actually the case and you delegate, then you're a manager. Yeah. Yeah. At the scale that you're at, you become a manager. That changes your days completely. Yeah, it does. Is that the goal? Well, um, I think I think if I were to hire one person and have a little bit more room in my shop to actually do that, I yep. think it would be more of like kind of like a team member, like an I don't, I don't want to say assistant, but No, you should say an assistant. I think that's a perfect, that would be an ideal scenario. Yeah. An assistant might be the best word for it to be like, we might be doing stuff together. You know what I mean? Like I, I might be like running one machine while they're running the other machine or like we're kind of trading places. Like I don't, I don't necessarily want it to be like they're set to these fixed tasks and I'm like overseeing them. It's more like just becomes a two man team doing the same job because I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing completely. Like all the things that I'm doing in the shop, I actually enjoy, but there's, there's things like design work that I just want to do more of. And it's just like, if, if even half of the jobs that I'm doing are, are being aided by like an assistant type role, then I'm doing more design work. And yeah. that is really the only missing piece of the puzzle for me, kind of quote unquote scaling this. Yeah. That's, that's what I would probably target. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, and like, there's a lot of people that could speak to this point better than I can. Like at most we've had three employees, mm. but there is something that I notice, which 
I would assume holds across many businesses, which is if you find the right first employee, the capability of that first employee might not be what you have, but it can be very, very close. The, the employees that follow ideal scenario, first employee is maybe training second employee, but second employee is made to lighten the workload on first employee. Yeah. Yeah. So their skill set actually doesn't become as diverse. And as you trickle down, eventually you are hiring people for kind of individual tasks or like a primary function Mm -hmm. when it is you and an assistant shop hand assistant, like what, however you want to look at it. I mean, like old school apprentice, they are doing things parallel with you Mm -hmm. and learning what you are doing because it's not like you can just sit them down on one job. Right. So like we'll use, uh, Joe Mangifico, Mm -hmm. right. Best employee. Okay. Joe, if you're listening, I miss you, buddy. Um, (laughs) he was a prime example because we were both learning as he was working, but by the end, there were so many tasks that he could do where I didn't have to have any part of that. Yeah. It wouldn't have worked the same way. Second employee, third employee. Yeah. So it's actually, I, I see it as like an almost ideal scenario to where if you were able to almost always have like a right hand human. Yeah. And still, if you were scaling, still be able to like stack skill sets and employees. Yeah. That way you're kind of, you have like this two person team. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and, and having, you're, you're almost like an eye level with this assistant type person of like, yeah. it's like a, like you said, they're your employee, but it's just a two person team. And totally. I, I only mentioned that cause you mentioned like being a manager and I'm like, yep. I don't think my goal would be to just delegate these things. Right. It would be more like we're going to two man team these things. So there's an interesting, there's an interesting thought. Imagine this. So imagine you scale your business and instead of hiring employees, you essentially hire teams. This is, I mean, obviously this is like had to have been done somewhere in the history of work, mm-hmm. but like, it's kind of sick. You guys get have like code names. Yeah. Right. Like, right. You just be like, all right, like whatever it is, if you had a finishing department and you're like, you have a finishing department, it's a two person team. That's a, that's like kind of cool sounding. It reminds me of the Step Brothers movie where they're applying uh, for jobs totally. as a team. <laughs> Dude. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, that's that's my new hiring criteria. No, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. I wonder I wonder like what businesses do that. If any of you guys listening have any context of a job that kind of starts off as a team. I guess like outside of fighter pilots, emergency, Top Gun Maverick, military, yeah, like I would guess those but yeah. but hey, if it works in those situations, why would it not work in a shop? Yeah, sni- it's like a sniper and a spotter. Or, you know, pilot, co-pilot, or... My team would wear jumpsuits. Right. Dude. Dude, that that is true. That's a great point. It seems pretty fun. We're, we're like, at the point where I am desperately in need of a shop hand. Mm -hmm. I just am not ready to, like, have an employee. Mm -hmm. It's a really... It's, like, a difficult... game changer. It's just a... It's a hard decision to make either way. Because I know the efficiency that comes from just having 
one extra set of hands in the finishing department, right? That's like Cypops and Popeyes and all this titanium and like blasting and tumbling and profiling and all these little things. Um, anodizing that it takes off of my plate, mm -hmm. but it also comes with the accountability and making it to where you have to be doing that type of output. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, my output has varied so much. I'm actually like very hesitant to like do it again. Mm -hmm. Ideal scenario for me would be like someone who likes the work and is, has a flexible schedule. is like cool with making like, you know, 20 odd some dollars an hour to like come in and do, you know, 15 or 20 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. But the flexibility that, and that's the problem, like for those of us who are self-employed, like as you add employees, your flexibility diminishes. Right. Right. Yeah. You're creating a job. Yeah. No. And that's, -B. I, that's why I think having too many employees would, would kind of wreck my, my vision is that if I had one employee, like I would envision it in a way where let's say I can see down the road that I'm going to take a week off. Like yeah. I'd love to just be, Hey, you take the week off too. You know what I mean? And like, right. we'll just figure that out. Like I want my business to be able to support people to have right. time off and stuff like that. And, and it, it becomes the more you have employees wise, the harder it'd be to do that. Until um, you get to a certain point of scale. Yeah. And so this is like this, there's this valley, right? There's you and an employee, super flexible. I bet like you and five employees is probably one of the hardest spots mm -hmm. because your overhead is real, mm -hmm. right? You, to, you Are you going to give five employees the week off? Are they getting paid? Because I mean, they got bills, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a lot different than like being like, hey, yeah, one person, like I can do this, mm -hmm. right? Like, cool, no problem. Once you go past that, I think that's where you start to probably, at, at like our type of manufacturing, you have a foreman in place yeah. who is able to continue manufacturing and manage the troops mm -hmm. in a way that allows you to like fully step yeah. away. And honestly, I no part of me wants that at right. all. Like, and that's where my, that's where we, you, you know, this just started when you were asking about a consultant from scaling. And I was like, you know, I would, I'm always down for more input from the outside, but I'm not, if they would probably advise me in ways that would take me further than where I want to go. Right. So, yeah. Well, and maybe that was the wrong question. Maybe scaling is the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Maybe optimizing. it is optimizing and like staying true to your vision. Mm -hmm. Um, Incidentally, I'm getting ready to start working with a, like a coach. Mm. Um, I really, I'm kind of excited cool. about it. Is it more I'm, business some, side? Just general? Yeah. Or? More like, more like more business side. And, and I've gone through like over the past three years, I've kind of gone through this progression where, um, I had, I went through therapy after I went through that burnout, you know, scenario the therapy was awesome. And that guy did executive coaching. And so like, I got a little bit of a taste of the coaching side in therapy, mm -hmm. right? After I kind of wrapped up with him, I started seeing another therapist kind of on a different like timeline who did attachment therapy, different like philosophy, um, different practice, really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Kind of came to the end of that. And what I realized at the end was like, like I'm feeling very solid but there are areas in my life that I do have questions about. A lot of those are around like the business, 
-hmm. goal setting, priorities. I mean, really like how to prioritize. It's back to that what is work thing. I see so many shiny objects that like sometimes I cannot like pick a trajectory. Yeah. And so I just realized for myself, like I, I value counsel in my life. I've been super fortunate to like, since I was a kid, like all my friends were like a decade older than me. Mm -hmm. And so they were my counsel. Like I always had someone who was a little bit ahead of where I was to like bounce ideas off of. The problem is now like kind of where the business is at. I don't have that many people that I can bounce the ideas off of. Yeah. So coach. Well, that's, that's awesome that you're sharing that. I think that's really cool. I mean, to, to go out and explore opportunities like that coaching therapy and stuff, I think that's underutilized, especially in business minded adult males. You know what I mean? Actually, I think it's business specific. I don't think in all industries it is. Mm -hmm. I I look at it as like, it's performance enhancement. Mm -hmm. Like if there are things that I can do, learn, see differently that give me a competitive advantage or allow me to work at a higher percentage of like my capacity, Mm -hmm. I will gladly pay for that and take the time. And sometimes it's literally just taking the time to like sit down and like, be vulnerable and ask yourself yeah. the questions. No, that, that does sound pretty cool. That's something I would actually consider someday. I think that's, you'd have to let me know how that goes and yeah. And well, whatnot. Yeah. That's interesting stuff. I don't know. And, and <laughs> I can also say, man, like you talked about bouncing stuff on off of other people, you know, in, in, in previous years and stuff. And I can say you've just being around you for the, cause we've known each other for a long time, but it was the last yep. like two plus years that we've been talking more. Uh, yeah. I can honestly say that I've learned an immense amount from you. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Cause oh, yeah. I think, I think my business has straightened out and improved in, in many ways, partly because of just your influence on me. So that's dude, I appreciate it. That, that means a lot. Likewise. Yeah. That's like, we're good. It's a good crossover, man. Yeah. And now we're podcasting. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you guys <laughs> listening the podcast, I mean, this is, the, the, I would say the main thing for me starting the podcast was like, I know you're a wealth of knowledge and I, I'm always trying to learn, you know what I mean? And like having a formality to like meeting of the minds kind of thing yep. is, it, I mean, this does feel in some ways like therapy sometimes. You yeah, it's I mean? weird. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's just conversation. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. It's just working through problems, discussing things that are on your mind like those are all super important and they're, they're the really easy things to let slide cause we're busy. Yeah. Put it on a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Cause make it a product. It's just like in the last episode, <laughs> like, I mean, we can, we can be the best of friends and then get busy and work and not talk for three yep. years other than it shows. Yep. And then it's like we're on divergent paths and we're all making the same mistakes and not communicating about them. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, I think, I think this kind of thing is, is perfect. And, yeah, definitely let me know how that business coaching thing goes. Pretty curious, man. He's he's coming from like a really good source. So I'm always hesitant, like as much as I kind of love things around that, like like self-help, big big air quotes kind of area. Like I love Timothy Ferris and like, you know, I've followed a lot of these kind of efficiency and like, I don't know, like 
you know, 30 to 40s dudes that are talking about everything from like how to optimize your time to crypto to, yeah. to anything else, like, or how to slow down. Mm. When I actually work with somebody, like I want an introduction. Yeah. Because I just, I don't, I don't like the unknown of just like picking random people and being like, Hey, yeah, you know, can you help me? Yeah, I can yeah. help you. Awesome. Yeah. You know? For sure. So yeah, I'm pretty curious. It's it's fun too. Like we I love learning in general. And so this is this is another area that I kind of look forward to just like exploring and like being a novice at. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't even grow up doing like competitive sports. So like the idea of coaching in a certain way is like fairly unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Yeah. Guess I'll probably get like a guru next or something. Yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get some uh, some good chakras or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to align them. Yeah. Um. All right, man. So, what do you think? Is that is that our conversation for the day? Yeah, man. That I didn't know where that was going to lead because, like <laughs> I said, either. I just I remembered yesterday I was having one of those frustration breakdown kind of situations, and it didn't get too out of hand. But like, I just I don't get them all very often. I'm not really super prone to that, but sometimes they happen. And I feel like I never talk about them. And I, I got to thinking, I was like, that's something I should mention because, you know, if anyone out there is listening and they have those frustration breakdown moments and like how to handle them, I mean, obviously I haven't, I don't, I don't know exactly what the, the best solution in the world is for that, but just knowing that that is a reality of this kind of work for all of us. Yeah. I think is, is just cool to put out there. Yeah. I would love to know. This is another one. Like, if, if people that are listening to this, like if you guys have methods of dealing with this, like yeah. that type of like kind of crash frustration where you start to make multiple mistakes in a row, mm-hmm. like, what do you do? And do you, TJ, do you ever just like full, like red X day, like on your calendar, you're like, it's a Tuesday. I'm going to go and drive my truck around the hill or like drive into Boise or like just full on just say like, Hey, I know I could be working. I know I should be working but today I'm pulling that day. Some, sometimes not, I think when it feels the best is when it's not pre-planned yeah, is fair. when it's like I go and I, I turn on like, I don't know, the spindle warm up procedure yeah. and I'm waiting like 30 minutes and I'm just looking at it. And then I'm, and you have that intuition of like, today's not the day. Oh, I'm that's just, the best. Or I'll be like driving to the post office and like nine o'clock in the morning. And I'll yeah. be like, I want to drive over to that hill right now. Yeah. I'm just going to go drive the Jeep for an hour. And yeah. yeah, I've, I've had that happen. It's not super frequent. I, I don't feel like I need escapes from what I'm doing, but there are those yeah, moments yeah. where it's just like, you just feel this call to just kind yeah. of, that's probably, of that's like a good thing to listen to. Yeah. And you have the capability to do it. I'm, I'm, I am trying to do it in a more systematic manner. I used mm-hmm. to be really, really good about it. Uh, like pre kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I am not, I have not been good about it in the past few years. And so I'm trying to figure out like two versions of this, which is allowing some flexibility just to be like, nope, today's not the day. Mm-hmm. To be fair, the river wave has been down all winter when mm-hmm. I can surf. It's not a problem because like any given day, I'll be like, I'm taking off for an hour and I'm going to yeah. go surf. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to get better about putting them on the calendar because the thought at least at this point is, if I do that and they're scheduled, maybe I'll take them before I really need them. Yeah. And like, even just like, man, sketchbook and notebook and like cafe day. 
Mm-hmm. Like head downtown, you know, start with coffee, roll to a roll to the library, go to lunch, have a few beers, sketch, read that kind of stuff. Like there's just so much value. And I think that kind of like yeah. connected disconnect. Yeah. You're still thinking about work. You're just not doing it yeah. at work. That's I've actually been playing with this idea. You just jogged my memory. So I appreciate it. But I was thinking, so I always am posting pictures on Instagram and whatnot, but it's always like in the shop. And then I'll go on like a backpacking trip and I'll always bring a knife and a camera thinking I'm going to take all these product photography things. And I never do (laughs) because I'm like, I get out there and I just want a complete disconnect. And the thought of like going back to thinking about Instagram just doesn't feel good. So what I was thinking about doing is maybe like once a month, I should take some product and just go like within an hour of where I live and just like spend through four hours just driving around like that's a cool rock like i'm gonna put a knife on that take a picture and make it like a photography day so like that red x day that you're talking about instead of saying i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna go kayaking and backpacking mountain biking and then try to get photography in on the margins go out on like a dedicated photography trip but it actually it's kind of main purpose like you said is to get out of the shop and get challenge yeah let's both pick a day we, it could be the same day or a different day, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But let's in the before the end of the month, let's both pick a red X day. I'll do my downtown cafe day sketchbook. Mm-hmm. You do your outdoor and photography day. Yeah. What day okay. do you want to do it right? Uh, oh, you want to like do it right now? Let's look at the calendar. Um, let's do. And obviously, it's a weekday. Okay. Otherwise, it doesn't. Yeah, it has sense. to be a weekday. Yep. So. Let's do February 22nd. February, what is that? Wednesday. Second. Let me see what I got. And then that'll be before our next recording. So um, I've got a meeting on the 22nd. Does any, do any other days that week work? 21st. Uh, 21st is a Tuesday. Is that next week? Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, 21st, everybody. And 21st, so before we, before we record no work. next time, we're going <laughs> to let you know how this went. But all right. Yeah, dude, managing the mental health, like that's that's a thing. Dude, it's a thing. It, I mean, it's it's maintenance. Like didn't know that the conversation was going to go there. But like if you talk about maintenance, like kind of number one piece of equipment. Compressor is not the only thing that needs oil dude. change, you know. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh, that there's levels to that one, but that is true. Yeah. Um, if any of you guys want to do a red X day, <laughs> we are doing the red X day on the 21st. Uh, you play hooky from work. Yeah. yeah tell join, them that join us. Flow pod said it's cool. Join us. Join us and, and let us know what you guys did. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> let's, let's wrap it, man. Appreciate it, man. See All you right, later.